Welcome to episode 281 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is your Thursday edition. I am Paul Spore, joined as always on Thursdays by Eno Saris. Eno, how's it going? Lots of day baseball going on. That's right. It's not quality uh, day baseball, but it is it's day quantity. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got we only got 80 pitches of Kershaw. He was not happy with that. Uh, I don't really blame him. It was the fifth inning and nine pitches. Although I I don't know. You know, uh, I don't think that his pinch hitter actually made a hit. I think it was Austin Barnes. I don't think he hit. But uh, they are rallying this inning, so that, uh, again, I don't think you could use that against Kershaw because hit the guy who subs in for him didn't do anything anyway. Just a weird, weird thing. I don't know why he was pulled, but he was definitely pissed off about it. Uh, We were going to talk young pitchers today, but we got a request to discuss streamers for next week. And so we're going to do that. We're going to discuss some power, speed, and pitching streamers for next week. If you're in that final home stretch, this will give you a chance. We're no, we're just tabling the the pitchers. They will get discussed. The list is lengthy. You, you know us. We will definitely get to them. Probably two more episodes worth, to be honest. So if you if you like <laughs> Tuesday's episode, sorry you're sorry you're not getting your second dose today. But we got probably two more doses for you. For being honest, probably two more hour length shows. So don't worry about that. But we're gonna get into these streamers. Let's start with power guys again. We know that uh, a lot of you are, especially if you're still listening, you're going for titles right now. And so we obviously want to help with that. That's why we went ahead and, and, and called the audible here. Uh, so we're looking at guys who you know should be largely available. For me, I kind of use the cutoff. Uh, all these guys were widely available at ESPN and Yahoo, probably a little less available at CBS. That's just generally how it works. But given how available they are at the first two outlets, they should be plenty available at CBS. And a lot of at least one, uh, you know, from the couple that I've got in each group should be available in your league. Same same for you. So I bet there's some overlap as well. Let's start with the let's start with the power hitters. I'm looking for power, you know, trying to fill in, looking to utilize, you know, Monday, Thursday off days if I can or just get in the best power I can. Who are a couple guys that you're looking for on the wire? Let's get your first one. We'll go back and forth one one. Look at that, Chris Heisey Grand Slam. So it's uh, so there's there's your power pick, Chris Heisey. He just <laughs> hit a Grand Slam, and uh, now he's wow, now he's crushed it. Shot line for the win, win. Uh, no, 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 thanks. I uh, Heisey's too much of a, a, a pinch hitter type. But uh, the the thing that I really circled in on was the fact that Baltimore is basically home all week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the hottest parks in the league, one of the best uh, you know power parks in the league. And then New York is home, and then in Baltimore. So, uh, and this is the Yankees. So, um, the Yankees uh, ha- are set up for good power, and then they, they, even when they're away, they're in good power. So, really, those are the two teams that I'm, I'm most looking at. With um, Arizona having a few games at home that I like too. So, um, actually, I think Arizona might be home all week too. So, um, you know, those those are the places, those are the parks I want to be in, and. Uh, I guess the the name that really leaps off the page for me, um, there are better hitters on this list. Well, there's two names, and I, I forget. I don't know if uh, they both. I guess one is uh, Greg Bird, and then the other one is uh, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce is the guy who's going to be available for sure. Bird's, uh, Greg Bird, I don't know. 21% at Yahoo, 31% at ESPN. That's some pretty wide availability. Uh, Greg yeah. Bird, eight homers in 23 games since Teixeira went out with a 992 OPS. He was on my list as well. 
Uh, you said Steve Pierce. What do you like about Steve Pierce? Well, I don't, I don't really ascribe to the hot theory, but um, you know, the he's he's definitely got a swing together on some level. He's he, he's he's definitely he's at seven homers in the past month, Fair. and so you know, I don't necessarily call that hot as much as like, oh, maybe he was who we thought he was last year. You know, like maybe we wrote him off too early. And uh, on top of that, um, he's a really good play if you have. Uh, the ability to really pick and choose uh, who he's playing. Uh, if you can get him in against a lefty, uh, then I think, um, you know, Bird versus a righty is probably number one on my list, but Pierce against a lefty is is almost up there just because, you know, it's it's uh, he's a, a sneaky power guy. And, you know, honestly, you'd have to roster Bird all week. You couldn't just drop him and then pick him up probably, especially if you hit a home run in between. Sure. Uh, and uh, Pierce is the kind of guy where you could pick him up for a lefty, drop him, pick up a guy like Chase Headley in between, who doesn't have the same kind of power upside, but is a switch hitter, and you know is useful uh, in between. And then, and then maybe you you spot a Pierce versus lefty late in the in the in the year or something, and you can kind of pick him up and drop him. So listen, um, if you still need power. It's your own fault anyway. I've been recommending Franklin <laughs> Gutierrez to y'all uh, oh. for quite a while, and all he does is hit homers, okay? He, had, he <laughs> j- just recently broke a four-game a four homer string. The guy has just been out of his mind, okay? So he's got two games in a row without a home run. Sue me, but that was after the four-game streak there. He's got five in the month. I mean, he's just, he, power, he's just mashing. He's out of his mind right now, and like I said, I know you say you don't love hot hand, but – Who's more dialed in than this guy right now? He's been a good player in the past. There's no reason to, you know, it's not a total scrub coming out of nowhere. It's really been health that slowed him down. So I really like Gutierrez, still, still recommending him. A couple names that we've brought up in the past as well. Justin Bohr, 464 slug and nine homers since August 1st. Uh, 7% owned at Yahoo, 12% at ESPN. And then a guy that I actually don't, I don't love, but I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring him up just because of his eligibility, too. It's Jed Jerko. I think I just uh, kind of resent the, the, the overhype that he got for a couple years in a row. It's, it seemed that nobody – not nobody. It seemed that some folks weren't deterred by last year's trash bag and, and you know doubled down. And I, I'm just not seeing anything spectacular with him in the long term, but – Jerko has been hitting for a lot more power, and 25 games at shortstop does make him a much more intriguing play when you're looking at the power especially. Probably a good chance you can get him into your lineup. 18 and 19% owned at Yahoo and ESPN, respectively. 13 homers in the second half, tied with Robinson Cano for the most at second base. Or excuse me, yeah, for the most at second base. I didn't even do shortstop. I should have done that because he's probably leading or or very close to. But still – I have his shortstop up in Yahoo uh, in the last month, and this is just the guys who are on the waiver wire in my league. But it's a it's a twelve team with a, like three or four bench, so it's you know it's a decently shallow one. Uh, he's number one on the waiver wire with eight home runs, and Eduardo Escobar has six, and then third is Astruel Capera with four, so double the amount that you would get from the third place guy. Uh, definitely like him as because it's such a hard place to get uh, the power from. And Eduardo Escobar, you know, you could say that Jericho is home, and that's not great. Um, I think he might be away later in the week. And yeah, Eduardo at, Escobar at LA. at L.A. And then Eduardo Escobar himself is, um, let me see here, looking at the schedule. 
away at Cleveland and then home. So uh, you could do a thing where you, if you really just wanted to cycle through, do Escobar, um, you know, at Cleveland when he's away from Minnesota, and then switch over to Jerko for uh, the for Jerko's away series. So. Sure. Sure. Uh, and, and like I said, the reason I'm not a huge Jerko fan, you still you're looking at the power, great, but a 299 OBP in the second half to go with his 294 in the first half. I, I, I'm still just not super giddy on him. This really is a streaming situation, and the fact that he has the shortstop eligibility that intrigues me. I don't think I'm going to be jumping on board next year for some big breakout. I I, I just haven't seen enough to get terribly excited about this guy. Uh, even at his best, that 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 rookie season where he hit 23 home runs, he had a 301 OBP. The guy just doesn't get on base consistently. But again, tough time. You know, we're we're, we're desperate at this point, so we're going for anything we can get. Getting him mm-hmm. in, a, in a shortstop, I can I can live with Jed Jerko for a week. Any other power yeah, guys? The, yeah, the only other name that we haven't talked about is uh, Tomas uh, Yasmani Tomas. Not known for his power uh hasn't hit a bunch of homers recently but uh is home you know and he's home all week and arizona's hot um not as a team i mean it's a hot place and um you know he's probably a, a little bit like pierce in that you you want to you find him a lefty uh as a righty uh just to take full advantage of the park and platoon situations but He's also pretty readily available, and he's the kind of power source that, you know, unlike maybe a Pierce or a Jerko, won't hurt your batting average as much. You exactly. know, uh, it looks like Tomas, you know, has some ability to 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 hold on to batting average and make contact, put the ball in play. So, um, you know, if you kind of are, are treading water in your in your batting average, but you you want to take a shot at some power, Tomas versus a lefty, I think, is a decent situation. That's completely fair. Let's talk some speed potential here. Um, this one's probably tougher, I think, anyway. I think we already talked about how speed's not available on the wire, something I wrote about. It, it was it was really tough to find this year. So if you need a lot of stolen bases, you really are going to have to just get a Hail Mary. You're going to have to get pretty lucky because uh, we're just not seeing high volumes. I think there's only five guys with 30 stolen bases this year. So even if you're pairing some of these guys that we're mentioning with your your speed ace, like, a, like an Altuve, it's still kind of an upward battle. But – we got we got another week. We got to try. And my first guy uh, is Kevin Pillar. Uh, what I like about him specifically is seven games, four at Baltimore, three at Tampa Bay. Twenty nine percent owned at Yahoo, forty one percent at ESPN. He has six steals in September, which is a monthly high for him uh, for Pillar. And he has ten straight successes. So he hasn't been caught, uh, I think, for over two months. Uh, that that stretches out. So obviously he doesn't run a ton, but ten for ten in his last ten. I like Kevin Pillar. You know, I'm going to mention this guy, even though he's 68% owned, just because he's available in this league I'm looking at, and you you just never know when people checked out. Elvis Andrews has been a lot better um, over the last month, and, you know, I've got someone in my ear, a uh, Texas fan, saying <clears throat> it's all about this leg kick, and, you know, he's a different player, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't know. 270 with 10 stolen bases in a month doesn't tell me that he's a, a totally different player. So, uh, But he, he 10 stolen bases is far and away the best I've found on this wire. And uh, and uh, so I, I think he's interesting. In terms of schedule, though, one of the best schedules uh, for stolen bases this week is Abraham Almonte. Um, and that's because he goes up against the Twins. 
Twins, which have the lowest uh, caught stealing percentage in baseball. We talked about this last time we were doing streaming. So even though, um, you know, Pittsburgh has given up more stolen bases, Pittsburgh is, is facing St. Louis and Cincy, and it's kind of harder to find. I mean, those teams aren't really known for having speedsters. And in that case, you're kind of uh, you're kind of picking a guy who's like a 15 steal guy and hoping he just steals because Pittsburgh sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't even think who that might be. Phillips has kind of stopped stealing. Uh, Billy Hamilton is owned or not owned, and he's out. You know, he's out. He's hurt. He's out right for the year. Uh, so you know, no, nobody's really coming to mind on those two teams uh, as a, a threat. Fam, uh, you know, more of a more of a guy who can hit the ball hard. Um, I like to pick. I, I like uh, Angel Pagan. He's got seven games as well. You you like that volume? You're looking for guys with the seven games, ideally. 16% at Yahoo, 25% at ESPN. Four stolen bases in 20 games since returning with a 372 OBP. You know, it's really a matter of health with Pagan. So as long as he's healthy, uh, of course, we're only looking, we're banking on a week here. So we're just hoping that he can stay healthy for another week at this point. Well, you know, Fam actually had 20 steals last year, uh, and he has 11 so far this year. So. Uh, you know, if you're if you're just grasping at straws, uh, you know, Cervelli is really bad at uh, at, at throwing runners out. So um, you know, the Cardinals, even though they don't have a lot of speed, uh, may uh, set some guys loose there. I, it's like, who are they going to set loose? They're all a bunch of slow white guys. Um, Colton Wong is not going to be available on your wire. No. Uh, Johnny Peralta is not going to be available. Uh, Piscotti's pretty much one of the slow white guys. Grichuk is he can a. Run, but I don't think he's going to be somebody who's like. Four stolen bases this year. Yeah. Yeah. I so think that's fam, more of a desire fam. thing. Like he, I think he could, but but why? He mashes the ball. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs also allow stolen bases. Um, they've got Casey and Milwaukee. Casey has a lot of uh, of stolen base threats. Uh, the problem is that most of them are owned. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to find a, a, a KC guy uh, that isn't. And if you do find a KC guy that is not owned and, and can steal bases, he's not a starter. So we're talking about uh, Jared Dyson in your deeper leagues. Um, if you just are like, where do I get this one steal? Um, you know, they, they may they may do something with him. I mean, he's he's gotten some playing time. He's 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 out there a little bit. Uh, it's kind of hard to predict when, but uh, sure. you might just have. Gets take zeros everywhere, but hope he gets that one or two stolen bases for you. Speaking of somebody like that, this one is definitely in that realm of of really like uh, you were talking about Dyson uh, teammate Jared, uh, excuse me, Terrence Gore. This one's in in the same vein as that. Rico Noel, you familiar with this guy at all? It's uh, it's a guy from the Yankees who has uh, played in eight games. He's a pinch runner only, though. Three stolen bases, four runs. Has not logged a plate appearance. So <laughs> he, he could be that guy, uh, you know, who, like I said, Terrence Gore is the most recent example that I can think of with him. I'm looking, you know, you look at his minor league numbers, he's stolen bases like crazy. He has a 90 steal season, 62 59, uh, only 23 this year, but that's in 67 games. 
Uh, yeah, that was that was with uh, with double A and triple A spread across two organizations, San Diego and the Yankees. So, you know, just one of these burners, maybe an Essex Sneed for, for some of you folks who might remember that guy from way back when, <laughs> when all he could do was run. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Quentin Berry type. So and I believe Quentin Berry's had some Septembers. Uh, I want to say maybe with Boston or Detroit where where he came up and, and stole a bunch of bases just randomly. So maybe this could be your guy. This is a deeper league, obviously, because you're not. It doesn't look like you're going to get any plate appearances. At least with Dyson, he might get some starts. With Noel, Rico Noel, I, I don't know what you're going to get, but three steals in eight games. Again, if you're desperate, you don't really have the oppor- uh, opportunity to be picky. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, I'd, take, I'd probably take Dyson, Jose Peraza, uh, you know, above him. But, you know, like you're, like you're saying, it's a desperate times, desperate measures. There's another uh, brand of guy that can get you some steals. Um, is just the guy that's got more playing time recently, um, you know, who doesn't have the overall steals, but uh, is for some reason playing more. That's uh, you got Cattell Marte, um, Aaron Alther, Alther, Altair, Altair. <laughs> is is Peraza Probably even playing? I haven't seen Peraza. Peraza hasn't played since the 13th. I think I would still take even Noel over over Peraza. I don't think. I think. Uh, is yeah, he's ailing, so I, I'm I'm out on him entirely right now. But plus, by the way, you know we I'll were. Take, I'll take Dyson. I'll take Dyson over now, though, because he at least plays a little bit. I mean, he's, well, yeah, he's an actual player. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's logged at like I said, he logged at bats. This this Noel, I mean, like I said, the best comp is is Terrence Gore. We saw that right. last year at Terrence Gore. He was he was simply a base runner. The dude. Uh, I think he came up from Double A last year. I mean, he can't he can't hit. I mean, at least not right now. And I think he logged two or three plate appearances in about 13, 14 games with five or six deals. I might have those numbers wrong, but they're close. And same thing this year. You know, he's he's been basically a pinch runner. So we're talking AL only guys because he'll be available, obviously, uh, even in those AL only situations. So that's where you're looking here. Dyson's more of a mixed situation, even though he doesn't play a lot. I could still see gambling on, you know, hoping he gets three three starts next week or something. I have a uh, one other name. Um, yeah. J- Jake Marisnik has kind of gotten back on track a little bit. It's not like April, where in April he was dominating and there were skills behind it that suggested that maybe it was real. He wasn't striking out. September he's been good again, but but it's kind of the the same version where he strikes out a ton. So it, it won't last. But five stolen bases in September after eight in the three months previous. So definitely running a lot more, and that helps when you get on base. His defense is good. He should be in there. I would take Marisnik and Dyson over that uh, over Noel that I mentioned. But uh, between Marisnik and Dyson, who would you prefer? Because I think they're probably pretty similar, where they're defense first with with some speed. Um, yeah, I think I might take Dyson games. because uh, Casey is about to clinch. And and you're thinking get Alex Gordon off his feet, maybe give Lorenzo yeah. Kane a blow. Alex yeah, Rios yeah. is terrible. Anyway, that's that's a really good point uh, because yeah, he might he might actually start three or four games. Three or four, yeah, week. exactly. They've got six. Both actually, excuse me, they've got seven because they've got a makeup game against the Cubs on Monday, so that tips the scales in in his favor as well because Houston only has six games. So I'm with you there. That's a great point. They might clinch uh-huh. over the weekend, and then he could play most of the week. And then you know, I also like. Um, uh, you know, just guys that uh, 
just generally are playing more now and, and for some reason are under the radar. Domingo Santana uh, in Milwaukee and Steven Salza in, in, in Tampa Bay. Uh, they're the kind of guys that uh, might you might put in both buckets. They're not necessarily in great situations for their power, although Santana goes home, I think, uh, to finish the season. Um, so that's nice. And uh, I think they're both right-handed, so it's, they're not going to get a lot of platoon love this week. Um, but on the other hand, sometimes you're just looking for a guy to get hot and these guys have a lot of power and speed and, um, you know, they might be a good lottery ticket and they're both like six percenters. So, uh, they're, they're staring at you. And if you're going to do daily transactions, then Salza, I think Salza today plays a lefty. That's too late for you. Yeah. Maybe you that's too late hour. for today, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> Price and Burley on the weekend, and I know you, you know you don't love Price, but he but Souza breaks lefties. So Price and Burley on the weekend. Uh, let's see, is Adam Conley a left-hander? I believe he is, right? Yeah. So Adam Conley on Mon- on Wednesday of next week, and then Burley again next Friday. So yeah, if you're doing actual like streaming with hitters day in day out, only do Souza against the the left-handers, and, and I think you'll get better results there. And like you said, could be a power and speed guy. That that's that's a good call. I was focused on each category solo. If you can get a couple of these guys to do what uh, Matthew Barry and Nate Rabbits used to call a combo meal, a home run and a stolen base on the same night, how clutch are those in the last week of the season? Yeah, that would, so we got you some names there. Um, I think in general, I would kind of, like we said before, treat it like DFS almost. Um, and any any player that's in your lineup that's, uh, you know, hurting, Take it, you know, just go for it, drop him. Any player, you know, uh, Salsa was was hurting. He, he'd be a candidate to drop, so people probably dropped him because he had that broken hand and hasn't been great since he got back. But, hey, he finally hit a homer yeah, and, uh, you know, had a nice night, uh, four for five yesterday. So, uh, you know, if you can get him in just against the lefty and, and put him in the best situation for him to do well, um, you know, I think uh, there could be something there for you. Santana against... Lefties and and don't forget about all these righties that uh, you know that are out there because the, the reason there a lot of times they're out there because they're righties and uh, it's easier to put a lefty on your bench and play him three out of every four games than it is to cycle through righties. But you know uh, if you can just go Santana Pierce uh, Souza Souza I don't I give it up. It, it is uh, it is Souza Sousaphone Sousaphone yeah Sousaphone 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 Okay, so if you had those three guys, if you had those three guys, and you, you could put, you could actually put, if you had to put all three on your bench, or if you could just cycle, give one spot for those three guys, uh, like I, I'll give you two or three homers next week. I think, I think that's possible. Yeah, I, again, depending on how much your league allows you to manage it, you could definitely get creative here. And I like what you're saying with like the DFS piece. Let's jump over to the pitching and talk about some guys that that you know, could be available, whether it's two start or even just for, for the single start to try to get the best out of them. Uh, st- there's a couple upper end guys who might not be available, but uh, I'm looking here. Marcus Stroman's only 53% owned at CBS. And so again, usually CBS is, is the highest of the three major outlets, CBS, ESPN, and Yahoo in terms of percentage. So if he's 53 at CBS, Stroman could be significant. And I should have just checked it, but I didn't. Uh, he could be much lower at both ESPN 
and uh, he's 50% at ESPN. I don't know what he is at Yahoo, so probably around there. So it's a coin flip, but go check because if Stroman's available, obviously he's a top target. Uh, oh, yeah, course- someone, was, someone was mad at us for not talking about him in the uh, 25 and under thing. I, I don't know why we didn't. I guess it's, uh, you know, you kind of sometimes label him a star and you, and you, and you think he's going to cost a lot to keep and stuff. But, well, we couldn't get to know, everybody like- either. Right, but the question was uh, for or Stroman, and for me, um, you know, there are a couple of things to weigh. Just to go back to that that keeper discussion we were having about Thor and the guys, uh, for me, Stroman's uh, lack of K's um, plus, you know, Thor has a little bit more of an injury history. Stroman's injury was to his leg. Um, yeah, Stroman's in the heart of the league. Uh, Thor's in the is Thor's young is Thor younger I think Thor's younger and he's in the uh, easier league yeah. easier part so I think it, it's really kind of close actually but I'll take Thor because the strikeout rate is just nice and it's nice uh, to bank that and yeah and that's the thing I think category. that that pushes it uh, a good bit apart and I love Stroman I'm not sure there are too many that are much higher on on Stroman than I am um, but you just got to look at what we're dealing with here. And when you start to get maybe some of the intangible stuff, I think the size difference does matter. I'm not going to discount. You know, one of the things I preached against in the starting pitching guy was not discounting Stroman because of his size, which which many did. But when he's compared against somebody else who is 6'6", 250, and everything else is, is close, then I'm leaning that guy. I don't even think everything else is close to make the size be the deciding factor. I think uh, Syndergaard does have a nice little edge even before we get there. Still love Stroman though. He'll be he'll be headlining the uh, next episode that we do with the top with the 25 and under. So he'll, he'll be the first one that we discuss in greater detail. But again, if he's available for you uh, as a two-star, I think you definitely want to go out and get him. Let's jump down a bit to some guys who might be a little bit uh, more widely available. Do you have any two-star guys before we get into the single starters? Um, you know, the the guy that leaps to the top of the list for me just because it's um, shiny new toy and the 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 matchups are okay and uh, he really has maybe the upside to be the best two starter uh, next week bar none but it's also risky is Brandon Finnegan yeah yeah and, high, uh, high upside high uh, major risk though yeah at Washington at Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, really, those two could both play, blow up on him. Uh, the the last the part that makes me think it's maybe more risk than reward is that I just don't know how stretched out he is, and you know, if he um, if he can't give you even eight innings over two starts, then you're not going to get any wins, and then it's you're just hoping for a bunch of uh, for a bunch of uh, strike, you know. Strikeouts. I mean, I mean, he's he has managed five innings in his last start, but um, even five innings, it's like you know what what um, are you going to get a win or a QS, and uh, and and probably not. So, and then you know, given that he's been a reliever most of his career, and even though I like the shape of his changeup and uh, he's got good velocity, and we know his slider is good. Um, I think it's a little bit more risk. Uh, I, I, there's a couple of guys that have a way higher floor that just are got, much easier to use. You know, I've got one I like. I, you know, Jake Peavy has been pitching well to kind of come down exactly. 
come down the stretch. Over his last six starts, 295 ERA in 36 and two-thirds innings, 4-0 record. You know, so you like if you're trying to get some W's. Uh, the, I, the Giants, aren't they, are they officially out of it? Uh, or if not, they're very close, but they're still playing, you know, at least well enough to, like I said, to accumulate four W's in his last six starts. So PB is somebody you can go with, uh, both home starts against the Dodgers in Colorado. Obviously the Dodgers could be challenging, but I'll take Colorado at home, you know, uh, in San Francisco all day long. It's just not that scary of a matchup. Um, what do uh, you there's think? only two other guys that or three there's three other guys that have both home starts and home is always better even if it's just incrementally one is uh, Jay Happ he's uh, uh, home against St Louis home against Cincinnati and I actually I'd, I'd put that right with PV I think that the new Happ in Pittsburgh is is uh, believable uh, yeah, those C- aren't scary offenses. CBS didn't even put him on on the list that I was looking at, or else I would have definitely recommended him. Because I, I, I mean, obviously I don't fully buy what we're seeing that he's now some sub two uh, ERA pitcher or anything like that. But I believe that he, he's he's really good. Yeah, so and I I, would I start did him. the schedule game, so you know if if Pittsburgh oh, starts playing, they're doing a six yeah. man right now: Hap, Morton, yeah. Locke, Liriano, Cole, Burnett. So Hap might not get that second start. I mean, honestly, all of this stuff is up in the air. Well, sure. Uh, I like him as a one start I, though, too, uh, and he should be available in a lot of leagues. I think I've I think I had him as a Monday starter. So there's the and let me make sure that I have him as a Monday starter. If he's a Monday starter, there's even a chance that he still gets two starts in a six man rotation. Yes, he's a Monday starter. So, um, you know, he might he might be able to he might be able to get uh, uh, two starts even in a six man rotation. So the other two guys that are home uh, twice, as the schedule stands now, are James Paxton, um, Houston and Oakland, and uh, Matt Moore, uh, Miami, Toronto. And you know I do actually like those guys off and Moore. You know from what I could decipher from Pitch FX has I think improved his stuff since. Um, uh, Sullivan wrote a piece uh, Matt Moore now without his fastball or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, since since that piece was read, he's he's been uh, written. He's been right. He's been using the fastball more. Um, it's ticked up in velocity uh, about a mile uh, per hour, and um, there's a little bit more ride to it, which I, I think he's had in the past. So um, I don't know. There's. Uh, the sinker sinker's also gotten some of its fade back. I think that was a big a big deal. So uh, uh, Moore is kind of like Finnegan. I put Moore in the Finnegan basket. Maybe Paxton too, where it's like if you just need some home runs, man. Uh, Moore, Paxton, and Finnegan are probably even better than PV and Hap because PV and Hap are more your veterans that are probably going to give up two or three runs and uh, you know strike out three or four guys and 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 be decent, but. If you want, if you like, really need like two guys to, you know, put up 15 strikeouts this week, you know, 15, 16, 17 strikeouts this week, and get, you know, a win and just really blank somebody, you know, more Miami, yes, Toronto, bad, Paxton, Houston, and Oakland at home. I mean, those could go either way. So, uh, those are put people to put on your menu. But, you know, in terms of steady eddies, I uh, also wanted to say Phil Hughes at Cleveland versus KC. Um, I, 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 I died on the Phil Hughes Hill several times, so I'm just not sure I'm ready to go back there and take my three strikeouts and 
and die. Well, then you could go. Uh, how about Kyle, Hipson, Kyle Gibson instead? Gibson's been getting more strikeouts. Is, yeah, uh, I, I can definitely know. get behind that. Um, That's matchups. What do you think of? I'll give you two names. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't come out terribly favorably on either of them. Too favorably on either of them. But again, we're we're we're, we're beggars, so we can't really be all that choosy right now in this last week. Eric Johnson and Tanner Roark. Um, are they two starters? No. I'm that's I'm going off the CBS list. Uh, if you, any of your leagues under the players column, you click two star pitchers. They they've got the list. So according to them. They are. And uh, who's Roark got? Roark has at Atlanta at New York against Whistler and DeGrom. Well, see, you know, I actually kind of like that. I, I like that better than the other guy. And, um, uh, you know, the first matchup is obviously very nice. Atlanta's offense is... It's about the best matchup you can get. And I already <laughs> looked. Atlanta, I believe they're facing... Um, oh, dang it, I had it. Uh, oh, yeah. So they're facing Washington and the Mets. And so most of the starters facing them are already picked up. You know, Scherzer, Zimmerman, Strasburg, uh, Garcia, Lackey. Oh, they're facing the Cardinals is their other one. Garcia, Lackey, and Lynn. So it's hard to go out and get guys. And, in fact, I'm showing ESPN doesn't show Roark starting either. So I understand why you're questioning it. Like I said, I got that off of CBS. It's all up in the air, but right now one outlet is showing that Roark's going to get the two starts. If he only gets one and it's against Atlanta, of course, you, you should still be interested, I think, because Atlanta, I think, is the best team to start against right now with maybe Philly as a second place. And you know what? If he loses that second start, it's mostly to become a long reliever, in which case he might be a vulture win guy. So even if you're in a weekly situation where you have to choose right now what to do, if he's if, if it's him versus... Uh, you know, like a, even a Chris Bassett who, you know, only got through three innings today and is mm-hmm. on, a, you know, an innings limit the rest of the way. Or uh, Cologne, who may or may not have two starts because he's in the six-man rotation. Um, you know, or Phil Hughes, who, you like you said, you're just, you, you can't do it. Or, or Matt Moore, you just can't take the risk. Then uh, Roark is an interesting one because he's like a one-plus guy. I mean, By the it's way. a really nice one, and then you can – and also, if they're out of it at the end of the season, I think they're more likely to put a guy like Roark in because they're just like, hey, exactly. you know, we're not going to kill him. We're not going to hurt him. He's not a part of our future necessarily. He's not something that we care too much about. He's just an arm that we use. And in that case, if they, if they are out of it and, it's, and, and the Mets are locked in, then they may not even throw DeGrom that day or they throw him for like three innings and, and he's out of there. By the way, uh, I did find kind of the conflict here. ESPN does have him listed as a two-start. I missed that they also have a Monday makeup game, do the Nats. Uh, it's against Cincinnati, just a one-off before they go to Atlanta, and ESPN has Roark in that game. So it's a matter of where he's going to go in that rotation, but it looks like he's going to get two starts, whether Roark goes Atlanta, New York, or Cincinnati, New York. Cincinnati will at least be at home. They're not a terribly scary offense. I think... Either way, we're recommending him, whether it's two starts or to maybe get some nice uh, middle innings there and steal a W with a two, three inning outing. I don't, you know, he doesn't strike out a ton, but if you're trying to get W's and some quality ratios, Roark might be your guy there, especially if he can get the Atlanta start. I go something like, if I had to do a ranking, um, I think I'm going to put Petey and Happ at the, at the top. Yeah. Uh, there's just, it's especially because. I'm just more likely to not want to deal with a blow up. Um, 
I, I'll slide Finnegan in after that because I really like his stuff. And um, and I'll put Finnegan and Gibson in there in kind of a could-go-either-way situation. And then um, my home run Hail Marys are um, Moore and Paxton. Oh, uh, Paxton, I missed that one. And if, he, if he's getting two dude, starts, Rourke's, I've always liked Rourke's him. Ahead of, Rourke's ahead, Rourke is ahead of Moore. Uh, Paxton, I had as a two-star versus Houston versus Oakland. Not a great first matchup, but both at home. Uh, I think I take him over Rourke just because there's a little bit of uncertainty with Rourke. So when, when uh, that's, that's my unofficial ranking. When Houston's off, they're, 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 they can get torched. For me, yeah, obviously I think Strowman's at the top for both of us. A lot of he's too, right? It's going to be limited available. Yes, exactly. Um, Hap, Gibson, PV would be my would be my main gets. Uh, and then, yeah, Paxton and Roark are kind of right there. What about Rowenis Elias? Again, I'm showing him on, on the CBS with two starts, Houston and Oakland. I think he's got Houston and Oakland. Yeah, I think it's uh, Elias Monday, Paxton Tuesday. So. Okay. Uh, Paxton has more risk than for the second because um, he would uh, pitch on the last day of the season and with his injury risk, do they want him to build up the innings or do they say thank you for the season? And Isn't he uh, going uh, to Folly? Yeah, okay, so that sounds like they're building up his innings, so they yeah. want him to pitch on the last day of the season. So, so I, uh, I, I think he's going I think he's going to Folly. Correct, uh, someone can correct me in the comments I mean, I just, if I'm wrong. I, I, I have Elias behind Paxton just because of stuff. I mean, sure. I don't really, uh, you know, Elias is, he's like a, a low rent Iglesias almost. They're just lefty. What about? I mean, the thing that's nice about Iglesias, you know, because since I just wrote this piece about Discofani and, and Iglesias, uh, the thing that's nice about Iglesias is that he has a, a slider and a change, whereas uh, I think Elias is, is a little bit behind on, on one part of that. What about uh, some one start guys? Anybody, anybody jump out? I, I got a couple on name, and you can let me know how you feel about them. These are definitely more on the on the risky side because, I mean, they, they, they could definitely blow up, but they're also going to be available, and so that's really what we're going for here. Uh, like a Tyler Duffy for Minnesota has been pitching pretty well of late. Adam Conley, I already mentioned him as a lefty that Souza could go against, but uh, he's also been pitching well for Miami. And then Daniel Norris you know, was in the midst of a perfect game through five, but he was on a tight pitch count, so they pulled him. In fact, his his start before that was was similar. Not that he was perfect, but he he was pitching really well, but he was on a really tight count, so he came out after three and two thirds. So, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of good, more good than bad from Norris as a Tiger. How do you feel about Daniel Norris in a one start? Because it looks like the reins should finally be off. He should get upwards of eighty five pitches, so he can get five six innings at least. Yeah, the problem is he's got that command issue. So, you know, what if 85 innings is four innings? Uh, You've got a command issue. (laughs) Uh, Actually, it looks like he's a two-start again. So between ESPN and CBS, nothing is is lining up. But uh, ESPN's got him as a two-start at Texas at the White Sox. Both are tough uh, tough venues, but uh, Texas is a little bit of a tough lineup. White Sox are not necessarily. But again, both tough venues, that command could come into play. Again, I, I think he is a big risk, Daniel Norris, but I do like what I've been seeing. If you're going for that, you talked earlier about home run uh, with, with somebody like a Matt Moore. You're hoping to kind of get seven shutout innings and, and just be like, wow, I can't believe I picked him up on the last week. That's what you're hoping for is maybe six shutout innings with Norris. You could also get blasted, so it is that home run type. But I, I do want to put his name on the board as somebody I would definitely consider. Well, you know uh... – 
for what it's worth, in his last uh, 10, 20, uh, 34 innings or so, he only has uh, five walks. Well, that's good. Uh, I think he's been sacrificing some of that command uh, or some the control for the command. Excuse me, he's sacrificing the command for the control because the home runs are through the roof. So yeah. I, I think he's kind of doing more of an aiming situation where, where he's really focusing on hitting the zone. Uh, that's Daniel Norris that we're talking about. And it might be costing him some effectiveness within the zone. Correctable stuff going forward in a one-start situation at the end of the year. Who even knows? But definitely a growth stock going forward. He's probably someone who, who should be on the list for one of those uh, episodes where we're talking about 25 and unders as well. Yeah, uh, the um, the guys I was I, I I had a totally different list. That's fun for our listeners. Um, the the ones I'm uh, not sure I didn't really sp- uh, look too closely at the ownership. Uh, Matt's at Philly. That's probably he's probably an own guy. Um, I don't know about Jaime Garcia. Um, I mean Matt's is in Yahoo fifty nine, so that's too high, I guess. Uh, Jaime Garcia. Garcia is 83 at ESPN. Yeah, he's way. I mean, he's been amazing this seven, year. Seven. Okay, You're talking about 118 minutes. innings of a 245 ERA. Yeah. Even the non-pay attention league. That's fine. Uh, my uh, Wednesday, <laughs> my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday um, uh, guys are at Chase Anderson versus Colorado, okay. uh, uh, Erasmo versus Miami on Thursday, and uh, Aaron Nola versus Miami on Friday. So. Um, you know, I think those are. I think I hit my percentages on that. I can uh, do the homework here. I just, I was just scanning the list and seeing who, who I like. But uh, who did Aaron Nola's twenty-eight Miami, I think. Yeah, I think those all fit because Nola's going to be low. Erasmo is only at twenty-eight on ESPN. Twenty-eight, thirty-two, and four for Chase Anderson. The one nice thing I did notice about Chase Anderson is and I this is I hope it's not just me being like uh, use my guy from earlier and. and <laughs> I still I'll like him. him. Up. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he's uh, over the last. Uh, let's see here, uh, month to two months, he's just upped his use of his curveball and his change, and 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 lowered his use of his four seam. And uh, so right now, um, especially in the last, I don't know, uh, three four games, he's pretty much throwing everything thirty percent of the time. And uh, I mean, the curve is twenty percent. Uh, the change is 29%. The sinker is 27 The four seam is 20 So, I mean, it's really uh, – I think that's a really nice, even mix. And if you look at the whiff percentage uh, on his pitches in the last month, uh, the curve and the change are, are at the best that they've ever been. Wow. Uh, and that's been going on for about two months now. So, uh, he uh, – by throwing the curveball more, he's, he's – uh, I think he's – Kind of um, making people think about it a little bit more, and uh, and uh, you know, kind of just make, being less predictable. His velocity is up since he uh, got hurt, and uh, he's averaged ninety, you know, ninety-two point six uh, in in September, which is the best he's ever done. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like him. It's also not at Colorado; it's versus Colorado, exactly, which is key, uh, of course. So. I'd feel pretty good about having those three guys lined up in a row. Uh, and, uh, you know, that could get you back to if you can do one every night or you can get if – you, if you need to have two lined up, um, 
you know, and on your roster now, I would do Erasmo and Nola just because Miami sucks. Uh, those are both home starts, and um, they might be slightly better pitchers than Chase. I don't know. Chase Anderson's, um, you know, resurgence has been more recent, and, um, uh, you know, Erasmo's been doing it pretty much all season, so. I think that I think that uh, gives people quite a few names that they can look at. They should be able, again. You should be able to find something from your team, uh, from your league, uh, out of those out of those lists of names of guys that you can go for in your final kick. Really hoping a lot of you are closing in on on titles. I know uh, I've got a couple that I'm that I'm working on. What about you? Where where do you stand? Are you chasing down any titles? Yeah, I have to. I'll have to look. I think my average place in the standings is going to be a little bit better than my actual title uh, outcome. I'm uh, in the finals twice, and uh, it feels really kind of crappy, like a crappy season. Yeah. Uh, our score sheet hasn't been decided yet, right? We, no, we're still it, playing. I, it has not. And in fact, I'm in. I'm in a crazy wild card race. I had a disgustingly oh. bad week last week. Oh. Uh, oh, you're, like you're, for, you're fighting in that. Too. See, I, I the team names I, I don't always associate. Did you jump in there? Because I, I crapped the bed and opened the door, and there's like four of us who are tied. Or you crapped the bed versus me one week. Uh, are you? Who, which one are you? You are. Uh, don't tell me your chronicles are Reddick. No, I think I'm you know Stradamus or something. Let me see. I'll fi- I'll no. find your I'll find team your team one. Freak. Oh, you're, you're just, veterans of uh, something. Yeah, veterans presence. Yes, veterans, veterans present. present. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did choke it up against Team One quite a bit, and we're in the same division there, and we're tied. Uh, and we 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 got stuck in the worst division, by the way. This team ran away with it, uh, uh-huh. just way out in front. We never stood a chance. We're 13 games back. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm still in that then because I, I think I'm one game out of the wild card. You're, you're two and, games um, out, tied with me, and then Chronicles of Reddick is one game out behind the Gentleman Hurlers. Could be a big week in that league. Score sheet. I'm a big uh, fan now. I, 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 was, I became a convert this year. I've been playing for a couple years, not really kind of understanding what I'm doing and the results showing as much. But this year, been loving it. A lot of fun. Hopefully I can destroy you and, and you don't make the playoffs. It's, it's, nice, it's nice to get the box scores in, in the email. I, it's kind of fun. It's like going through box scores except it's your team. I've taken the next level of nerddom on that. I've been playing out the games the last couple weeks. You can go out and, and you can like watch them take my little lunch break, get my dumb little sandwich together and just start watching the games like ultimate what? nerd nerd dumb. I love it. They play them on the side or something? So, yeah, when you go to the score sheet site, right in the middle there, it says play games four. And then you click your team and you just hit a letter and it goes to the next, like whatever you do, and press any key to go to the next play. And it's like Kinsler comes up, 3-1 pitch. Oh, and he walked him. And, you know, they got little funny things. Uh, I haven't uh, even done that yet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just learned it too. Just the last couple of weeks, my buddy told me that he always plays out our games. I was like, honestly, I didn't have a lot of time. I've, as the season's kind of wearing down, time has become a little bit more abundant. I'm not writing 50 different DFS things yeah, uh, as the season wears down. So I, I have time to take a, an actual hour lunch and, and nerd out like that. So, yeah, it was a bummer to watch my team get tasted though unfortunately i went one in five last week in the in the most clutch week uh and i have jhap that's an al only league but i don't know folks that don't know how score sheet works you keep the guys who transfer over and they'll actually stay in the league i have two nl guys jhap and dexter fowler who are kicking butt for me but uh hopefully i'm able to i need to trade for a a slot because you're i think we only have one crossover slot 
Oh, really? So I would oh, – well, I probably won't keep Hap next year anyway. I'm just happy with what he's doing. And maybe Fowler signs. Maybe Fowler signs in the American League, and I don't have to worry about it. So, But anyway, I've become I've a score sheet. Okay. I'm going to count that one, and I think I'm in it for – I'm still uh, possible to win three. I'm hoping to win two of the three. And uh, I think my average place this year with uh, labor dragging me all the way down with the last place finish there – um, I think my average finish will be uh, like uh, the equivalent of like fourth out of 15. That's, that's really good. So in, in the leagues where it's not working out, have you noticed, a, is there a certain through line that, that's hurt you more? Or is it different things in each league? Because I, I, I'll freely admit for me before, I, since I asked you a question, I'll answer it first. Sweet interviewer. Um, I, but for me, sadly, because it's not like I, I don't spend hours upon hours on this. It's A lot of it's been pitching. And I, I couldn't outrun some of the bad performances that, that people are still hammering me on. You know, your Shane Greens of the world, your Drew Hutchinsons of the world. I just couldn't outrun those in some leagues. Like two two leagues where I could have done really well. I played two of those NFBC draft and holds. You do 50 rounds, and that's your team for the year. Obviously, you can go sideways pretty quick if you hit get hit with a rash of injuries or something like that. Well, my pitching just jumped off the track pretty early. Marcus Stroman obviously going down was killer, and I wasted two 60-plus point offensive efforts, and that's just killer because the pitching simply wasn't there. Uh, so I, I don't know. Did you have a certain theme for when you didn't click this year, or was it hitting in some leagues, pitching in other leagues, stolen bases in one league, saves in another? Where, where were you with your with your failures, I guess, for lack of a better word? Uh, I mean, labor was just such an out-and-out failure. I mean, uh, 17.5 points batting, 13 points fishing, pitching. It's just uh, just all-and-out terrible. One thing I think I did realize was that some of the work that we do and that I do um, in particular is really good at uncovering um, usable pitchers and, um, you know, like the the Dodgers said that uh, they that they found Mike Bolsinger because of a piece I wrote, right? Well, nice. it's nice to find Mike Bolsinger, but, but Mike Bolsinger is not going to win you a uh, a fantasy league. Sure, no, I so, get it. You found um, guys who are useful for deep leagues or only leagues, but not as much that can win you the league. Yeah, I mean, like um, the the staff that I put in in labor. Um, you know, Stroman, I lost right away. That sucked. He might have changed everything. He might have changed a lot uh, because I would have been able to bench some of my my pitchers. But uh, Stroman, Bauer, uh, Kyle Gibson, um, I got Mike Fires when he came over, uh, Matt Shoemaker, um, I, I picked up Mike Montgomery, um, Ivan Nova. I mean, you can see what happened. I mean, they're just all weren't good but they but they there were reasons to like them and you know i'm not going to change my analysis to say that you know the only thing i can say is like matt shoemaker i learned a little bit about bad fastball guys you know sure. kyle gibson actually was who i thought he was and i only spent two bucks on him yeah so. he, did. he he out you know he outdid that two bucks i i, I would imagine right. and bauer had a good strikeout rate but bad command uh nova ended up being okay for me um, so, you know, one thing I did do, I, 
that I won't do that again is I bought Naftali Feliz for uh, $14 and it was the cheapest like uh, established closer. And I'm just not going to do that because I'd rather pay 16 or 17 or $18 and get a good closer and then, you know, spend a dollar on another reliever that I think could get a, uh, could get saves. Because I think in order to win these things, you actually need two closers. I think so too. Uh, and I, I tried so. to take that approach with, with things this year and, and, and have more, have more closers. Um, but it, it just, it didn't all come together. You know, um, I had Chapman and, or excuse me, I had Batances and, and Cody Allen in the, in the mixed towel wars. And obviously Batances didn't have the job. You know, we do that draft so early. I, I was confident that he was going to get the job. And then of course, Andrew Miller gets it. I'm sitting with one closer and Allen got off to a poor start. I never rebounded in saves there. So it's been it's been an all right year though. I'm, obviously, I'm highlighting some of the bad. You know, Jason and I did not do well in in no, labor I, mean, mix. I, just wanna, I did want to say to continue to what you're saying. I did uh, pitching and steals have been difficult for me, and uh, it's mostly because, uh, like I was saying, that I'm okay at finding guys that are okay, but um, not. I didn't find many of the guys that became aces this year, and I don't know if it happened less this year or if I just picked the wrong guys. I mean, I loved Garrett Cole. But I think a lot of people love Garrett Cole, and he kind of went mm-hmm. for ace prices, you know. So exactly, I think I might inch. I think I might inch forward my top money I'll spend on a top pitcher. You know, I might just inch that forward a little bit, um, and I think I'll do that also for the top closer, and just just put a, another dollar or two, another round or two on the first pitchers that I that I put in there, just because. Um, I think for you to win a league, everything needs to go right. So you might as well put one toe in the ace bin and one toe in the ace closer bin. You know what I mean? Instead of, instead of, uh, I think it's, it's, it's few, it's lesser odds. The odds are not in your favor. If you're, if you say, Hey, Oh, I'm just going to find all the guys that become aces. You know, I think you're much, you're much more likely to win if you pick the ace that stays healthy, and then you also pick the guy that becomes an ace. Get That's the how you archer. Win, right? you, you got to get the Chris right? Archer in the middle you of the draft. You also had the Kershaw, right? Like you had to pick the Scherzer and then pick the archer. Yep. That's how you win. You don't you don't win by not spending it all on the first guy and then picking archer because then archer is your best pitcher, and then Kyle Gibson is your third best pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even, even in that situation, you might not win. So what you really need to do is – Pick one of the aces and then pick the right secondary ace that could become an ace. And then and then be really good at picking out of every tier, picking the guy that could jump to the next tier. And then you get one of these staffs where you're like, hey, look at me. I have, you know, all these aces. Uh, so And that's how you win. So I think I'm going to spend a little bit more on closers. And, and then um, stolen bases, I think I just – Just a weird year. Okay with- yeah, it was a weird year, but I also have to be okay. I don't usually buy guys that don't have any speed. Uh, only league's a little bit different because in only league, you, you'll buy whoever might play. Yeah. Uh, but I think even in like um, even in like a mixed league, I have to be willing to buy even like a Ben Revere type just because, you know, teams are being smart and not stealing bases. And, uh, you know, it's a really hard category now. And, and it's almost like saves where it's like, uh, teams don't care about those stats and in real life. And yeah. so kind of scrabbling around these, like these, these stats that are going out of style. No, and, it, uh, I think you're right. I mean, this year there've been five guys, you know, with 30 stolen base, 30 plus stolen bases. Guess how many yeah. there were last year? Just guess. Eight. 15. 
Wow. <laughs> year before, 16. Year before, 20. Year before, excuse me, that was not in order. Um, year before the 16, so 2012 was 23. And then 2011 was 20. So, you know, we're in, this is a historically crazy season. We, we haven't seen anything like this. And but, I, but, I don't but even know when. can't bank on it to undo because it is no, also. No, I, I agree. It's also part of a trend. I mean, it's a, stolen bases are down in general, and teams, you know, don't value it as much. And you know, until until you know, everyone decides that you know, maybe if if the Royals go into this off season and they just gore and cane and just run, run, run on everybody, and uh, they win the World Series, and then some general managers say, hey, you know, maybe the reason they won the World Series is because they got a bunch of people who can steal. You know, steal bags, and all of a sudden we start hearing about forcing people into errors and blah 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 blah. Well, hell, they're stuff, they're so. only fifth in steals. They're not even running wild this year because they discovered power. I think that the Royals were running wild last year out of necessity because they right. couldn't necessarily do anything else. And now they've had some guys kind of come into their own as as boppers. You know, Lorenzo Cain, Eric Hosmer, even Mustakis. Uh, had been a better hitter overall this year. Not that he was really a runner, so I guess I shouldn't mention him. But just overall, some of their guys got better at hitting. They started getting some more punch. All of a sudden, you don't need to run as much. Their 99 stolen bases are fifth behind the Reds, Diamondbacks, Astros, and Marlins. Reds shouldn't be surprising with Billy Hamilton, but of course, Brandon Phillips had that crazy year. Joey Votto and Todd Frazier had a crazy first half of stealing. So all of a sudden, yeah. boom, it doesn't take much. That's only – they have four guys with double digits, and they're leading the league. That's all, that's all it takes is one guy to be a stud and then a couple others to kind of chip in. Diamondbacks are there. Again, they get, they get it from interesting spots too. 21 from Goldschmidt. Of course, Pollock's leading the way, and then Inciarte and Owings. It's just a weird year for steals. So if you planned to kind of get a little bit of a base and then supplement in season, that plan fell apart basically unless you got Billy Burns. That was about your only chance at some yeah. legitimate speed off the wire this year. Yeah, I mean, I uh... – you know my my eighty percent uh, pitching uh, um, my my uh, twelve teamer where I, I spent eighty percent on on hitting and twenty uh, percent on pitching. Uh, that one I didn't really uh, spend a lot of time on steals and uh, basically steals and pitching ended up uh, you know and really hurting me. I, I found you know by the end of the season I found my Danny Salazar's and um, you know I found my way to third or fourth in the league. Um, uh, it's just, it's kind of amazing to me that this is my staff at the end of the year. Uh, let's see here. Noah Syndergaard, Jake DeGrom, Eduardo Rodriguez, Lance McCullers, Garrett Richards, Marcus Stroman, and Danny Salazar and Alex Wood. That's pretty good. But you know what happened? That wasn't my, that wasn't my staff for two or three months and they just dug such a hole for me. Yeah. That's the thing. I couldn't get out of some holes. Yeah. That's exactly where I was, where, where there were just holes that I couldn't get out of because uh, it just got buried. And you get buried in those ratios. It can be really tough unless you're getting like three Carlos Carrascos from last year that, with those final 12 starts that he had. Um, yeah. Let me ask you something about somebody, uh, Jose Altuve. He's going to probably be about 15 – well, he's currently uh, 16 stolen bases shy of last year uh, with, with 38. Uh, but – uh, excuse me, 18 stolen bases shy of last year, but he has 12 homers, and you know he's still still good in in runs and RBI uh, runs and RBIs relative to what we expect from him. Is he almost? 
I don't know if it's hard to say more valuable this year because the average is down. But but this breakdown of power and speed is it almost more valuable because there's so little uh, speed available that even though he cut it by 18, still having the power to go with it, uh, does that make him any more valuable as as being one of the rare speed guys, but also adding a, an extra component of power? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean it. it some people would tell you that it's all just X's and O's and you just got to add it all up. Um, so, and, yeah, so, uh, they, so the 56 is better no matter what. The f- five extra homers doesn't offset. I, I, again, I don't necessarily – I don't know one way or the other. I'm just saying so few guys. He's still a prime base guy, prime base dealer, but also had, had a lot more punch than I think we expected this year with 12 bombs. Yeah, it, I mean it's nice, it's nice to see that. It's also nice uh, for his, his – aging because um i think we're gonna want to take our stone bases from really young guys and uh and really almost just mentally take five stolen bases ten stolen bases off of everybody's stolen base total um you know going into the next year who do you like better next year starling Marte or lorenzo kane they're damn near identical seasons this year both been excellent Marte's younger and and so that 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 that's the sealer for you, just that Marte's younger. I mean, I that, think that's so. I mean, I, I, Kane's also got an injury risk. Sure. Uh, Marte has the HBP, the hit by pitch injury risk. You know, it is, so it they, is a three year difference too, so it's it's not insignificant. Yeah, and and, and uh, no matter what you say about Kane's injury risk, you know, Marte's got the. I mean, it's a, it's a very sort of a splitting hairs thing, but um, uh, you know, it's a little bit less inherent. Uh, for uh, there'll be uh, there'll be it'll be a little bit less inherent for um, you know what I mean it's like Kane's injuries like come from within uh, whereas Marte's injuries uh, are an external yeah because yeah. <laughs> so. well plus plus Kane exploded this year and, and could regress back toward uh, toward his career levels whereas Marte's been kind of the same guy you know for three years now three yeah, really only- really strong years. Yeah, and I, I think I think we might see a little power growth from Arte and uh, and fewer uh, fewer stolen bases. But you know the aging curves tell us to take more stolen bases away from Kane than they do to take away from Arte. So sure, that's fair. All right, you know, let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, hope you enjoy your weekend, Jason. I'll be back on Sunday. You and I'll be back Tuesday. Maybe talking, maybe maybe getting back on track with those twenty-five and under pitchers. Who knows? Who knows what it'll bring? Again, if you have topics that you want to hear for next week, the final week of the of the regular season, feel free to send them to us on Twitter at Sporer and at Eno Saris. Eno, have a good one. Yes, and everybody, I'm leaving the kids at home and going away for a weekend. So uh, I hope that you wish them well and that they uh, that they're in one piece when I come home. I definitely wish them well. I wish you well, too, from your reprieve, and you'll come back refreshed on Tuesday. I think we'll hear a little bounce in your step, too, when when, (laughs) when we talk to you. So look forward to that. Enjoy your weekend away. All right. Thanks for listening.